Welcome to That's What He Said, a respectfully irreverent podcast from the anxious, enthusiastic mind of full-time writer and part-time influencer, me, Emma Golden Miller. As a self-proclaimed open book, I started my blog, emmasthing.com, in 2010 so I could share my every random thought, story, and opinion about life with total strangers. But the blogosphere has changed over the years, so now I share all those thoughts, stories, and opinions on this podcast. Every week, you'll hear about what the hell I've been doing, stuff I'm enjoying, and deep thoughts on every topic under the sun, from relationships and career to health, fitness, fashion, and beyond. So let's fucking go. God. Hi, welcome back to That's What He Said with your host, me, Emma. Um, how is everyone? What's going on? What's the 411? Someone download me. I feel like I have not done a quote unquote normal podcast for a couple of weeks because the week before last, I had interviewed my friend Getty, the nurse in Tulsa. And then last week, very impromptu, impromptively, impromptuively, oh my God. <laughs> Just so you know, this is my brain right now. It's working at like 50% capacity. Uh, I recorded the Taylor Swift uh, concert recap with Whitney on a whim on my birthday. And so I have not really updated you guys about much like personal stuff or, you know, things that I've been reading and watching and listening to and, you know, how my usual format goes with my podcast. So today's episode is just me. And the main subject of today's episode is something that I feel girls write into me about pretty frequently, which is about friendship. And just everything that you can think of when it comes to friendship regarding how to keep them, how to get them, whether you should break up with them, whether you should rekindle a breakup with a friend. I mean, I've just gotten this question in so many different ways throughout the years that I decided that I was finally going to sit down and talk about my own experiences with friendship over the years and just offer you guys whatever I have to offer when it comes to all of that. So before we get into that, let's talk about what the hell I've been doing. So last week on April 4th, it was my 36th birthday and I can hardly believe it. I really can hardly believe it. And it hasn't really affected my mental health very much. You know, I feel like after you turn, after you turn 30, really the big birthdays become every five years. But then once you're 40, it's every 10 years. So to me, the ages between 35 and 40 I don't think I'm going to feel much of a difference or much of a shift. The only mind fuck I'm experiencing right now as a 36-year-old is trying to conceive a child um, and everything that goes with that. And, you know, I want to talk about it a lot more. I really do. But at the same time, I don't (laughs) because it's very vulnerable um, to share that information and 
I, my, my emotions are just all over the place. And like, it's just the most personal thing in the entire world. I think that way down the line, I will have absolutely no hesitation to come back on here and really break down that whole chapter. But for right now, it's just like, I don't, it's just, I just don't want to talk about it that much. Um, but it's, it's, I know I mentioned this two podcasts ago, but it is just such a mind fuck. And I really didn't have any idea. And um, man, ugh, I just, women are amazing. And I love women. I'll just say that. So let's go over kind of how I celebrated my birthday because it's it basically went on for like five days. So starting Friday, March 31st, that is when we went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you guys listened to my last episode, then you know how that went, my feelings about it. If you haven't listened to it, um, I definitely do that. It's a great one. And Whitney's on it, which like makes it even more fun because I have someone to like play off of. And I was so thankful for that because my plan the entire time was to recap it on my own. But it just so happened to work out that Whitney was coming over and we got to talk about it together. And I've realized that I prefer that way more. Like when I take a trip or go to a special event and I'm there with anyone else, I, I'm always going to want that person to join me on the podcast and go over it with me because, you know, I just love offering you guys more than one perspective and I'm not going to remember anything either, you know? So anyway, listen to that so you can get all my thoughts on the Taylor Swift concert. And then the following Saturday on April 1st, Zach and I went out to our favorite bar and club in Dallas called the Clifton Club. And we met up with Kelly and her husband for, you know, a second birthday celebration, I guess. And that was super fun. It was their first time there. They live up in the suburbs, the suburbs, as north as you can get in this godforsaken metroplex. So anytime that they come down here and experience something that, you know, we really love and like the Dallas prop area is very exciting and they loved it. I mean, Clifton Club is just so good. They're all of their small plates with food are incredible and you can absolutely make a meal out of it there. You just have to order, you know, a handful of their small plates and you get your drinks and a DJ came in around like nine o'clock and he was actually really good and not like super overwhelming and it was just awesome. We had such a good time. And then Sunday, the second, we celebrated my birthday with my parents. We went to Hillstone, had dinner there with them, and then they surprised me by coming back to the house to open presents and all of that. And Zach surprised me with <laughs> the best birthday cake ever. So he teamed up with Laura of Laura Kotler Pastries and she made our wedding cake and she's a good friend and so they kind of put their heads together about what kind of birthday cake to present me with and uh, they settled on a yellow cake with chocolate fudge icing all made from scratch because Laura is amazing and Zach had her write happy birthday slut (laughs) on the top of it which 
fade my life because, you know, I have these like hyper fixations on words and phrases and I will say them to death. And I mean, I'm still saying I can't after all these years, which by the way, I know I've never told this story, but I absolutely came up with the phrase and emphasis of saying I can't in college in about 2006 or 2007. And I do have people who will back me on that. So come at me because I have receipts. But anyway, my new hyperfixation word is slut. I called all of my best friends and my sister, my mom, um, bitches for the longest time. And I still do. Bitches, an, an incredible term of endearment when used the right way. Um, but very recently, it's somehow switched over to sluts. And I'm using that kind of as my new term of endearment. And I guess I've been saying it enough. And I've called Zach a slut enough times that he wrote happy birthday slut to me. And it was incredible. And he put 36 candles in the cake, which was lovely. Little bit of a fire hazard the older you get, but it's fine. We're going with it. The cake was delish. And Zach also got me for my present, he got me an incredible knife for the kitchen. I just, I've been in the market for a really amazing cutting knife. I, you know, I have knives, but I wanted something that was just very, very fucking legitimate. And he got this knife for me and it's Japanese made and it's incredible. And he also gave it to me with a sharpener. So I will always have the sharpest knife in the knife box, if you will. And then he also surprised me with a cameo video of Kate Flannery from The Office. She played Meredith and her and... Brian Baumgartner are both on Cameo and he chose her, which I'm very glad that he did. I mean, either one would have been amazing, but I didn't expect it either way. And she made like an almost one minute video wishing me a happy birthday, saying my name, saying Zach's name. It was really, 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 really cool. And no one's ever done anything like that for me. And it was very special and just a total shock. Like, Oh my gosh, it was awesome. And then, yeah, so that was Sunday. And then last week, my actual birthday was on Tuesday. And as you guys already know, I've said this a thousand times, but I recorded the podcast with Whitney and I got to be with her son, August, which was so amazing, so special. He is just incredible and she is doing so amazing. She has to go back to work this week. Um, and it's only been six weeks and I have so many thoughts and feelings about it, but I, you know, are we going to stay positive on here? Um, but don't fuck with my little witty, you know, don't fuck with my little wit bit. Anywho, um, peace and blessings to her as she, uh, has to go back to work. So seeing her for my birthday was extra special because of that. And then for my birthday night, Zach took us out to one last celebratory dinner at this newer place called Brass Ram. And for people who are not local to Dallas, you won't care. But like, listen, I'm just going to try to make it as general as possible. But there is this other restaurant here called Town Hearth, which is a really cool tricked out steakhouse. And Brass Ram is the same owners. And it's essentially a smaller scale, much more manageable space of a town hearth. It's pretty much the same menu, like all different cuts of meat, 
classic sides, you know, incredible cocktails. It's a steakhouse, but it's just half the size of Town Hearth and um, really enjoyed the interiors more than Town Hearth as well. And that meal was freaking delicious. We ate so much meat. We got mashed potatoes covered in this amazing gravy. We got delicious sauteed mushrooms that just tasted like freaking butter and garlic. And we each got a whiskey cocktail to start. I got a whiskey sour and we got a half bottle of wine to eat with the meal. And we were very stuffed. And also, can I just say, you know, like those days or occasions you have where it just doesn't matter what you do. You just feel like you look so ugly. That was my actual birthday, which is ironic because every other pre-birthday event that I had, I felt so pretty and just at the top of my game. And I think by the time Tuesday rolled around and it was like basically my fifth birthday celebration, I had run out of steam and I didn't wash my hair. Like I was like, oh, I can wing this. Like I, I, I know I can put my hair up in an updo and I can wear the right makeup and like I will look awesome. That was not the case. And I don't have any pictures to prove it because obviously I was not trying to take pictures that night, but I just felt really atrocious. But I did get some really pretty new shoes that I wanted to debut on my birthday. I actually got them my birthday day at Anthropology because, you know, I'm part of the Anthropology Perks Club and you get 20% off on your birthday. And I think it lasts for like almost like up to a month. But I had been eyeing these heels for a really long time and I almost got them when I was shopping for my cousin's wedding back in December, but I decided against it. But, you know, I just like, I don't go anywhere. I don't really do anything that requires heels, but I've been noticing more and more lately that I I do wish I had a bit more of an extensive arsenal to choose from if an occasion like that does come up. And I want something really eye-catching but also classic, but also a little funky. So I had been looking at these heels by this designer called BB Lou Ayo. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Basically, BB Lou is B-I-B-I-L-O-U. And then this last word, A-O-I. Don't know how the fuck to pronounce that. Don't have the time to look it up. I'm just going to remain ignorant. But they are mules. They're like slide mules they're backless and they're a kitten heel and pointed toe but they have this massive sparkly buckle on the top of them and they come in all different colors but I ended up just getting the black ones and I just think they're so chic and fabulous and they they kind of uh, you know they live within that space where it's like They could be viewed as trendy, but they also could very much be viewed as classic. So I don't think that they'll ever be out of style. They'll never go out of style. They'll never go out of style. So I decided to treat myself to them and I got 20% off. So I will link those in the show show notes in case anyone wants to look at them. But I do have to say as well, I didn't realize this, but my sister-in-law pointed out that they 
look like Manolo Blahniks, which whoa like I sent her a picture of them because she was encouraging me to buy myself something pretty for my birthday and she was like oh my god I love it I'm so glad like you went with Manolo's and I was like (laughs) what I did not buy Manolo Blahnik shoes girl Uh uh-uh I mean I'm happy to be alive I'm proud that I'm 36 but I'm not that proud um and I'm not in that you know, I'm not in that deep with shoes and I don't think I ever will be, but this is like, this is like a gateway drug, if you will, maybe to nicer designer shoes. But anyway, super comfortable, loved them. At least that part of my birthday outfit, I felt good in. Other than that though, whoo, I was, it was like literally one of those nights where at dinner, I was like, Zach, all I want to do is like finish dinner, go home, I want to immediately get in the shower because like nothing is going to make me feel pretty until I take a full body shower, wash my hair, wash all this makeup off my face and am stripped down. And then I want to have sex. And that's what we did. We came home. We took showers. We had birthday sex. It was fabulous. And that was my birthday. So then the very next day, last week on Wednesday the 5th, my sister flew into town with just her daughter, Sloan. So, you know, she has twins, Jack and Sloan. And her wife and her decided to just kind of like mix it up and experiment by splitting up for the weekend. So her wife took Jack and they went to her wife's hometown and hung out with her family for Easter weekend. And my sister came here with Sloan for Easter weekend. And it was such a blast. I mean, it just feels like such a whirlwind. That time always goes really fast when my sister is in town. And it's a lot of driving because my parents live 25 minutes from me. So it's tons of kind of like figuring out logistics about who's picking who up and where and how and why and where are we we meeting and what time do we need to leave for this and that? But it was just fantastic. And I got to spend so much time with the both of them and go to playgrounds with Sloan and just watch her thrive. And oh my God, she's so insanely, stupidly precious. It just makes me like, I don't even know, you guys. It's just incredible. And over the weekend, we had a couple of family dinners. We went to sushi one night, and then we went and got burgers the other night. One of those nights, we went to Andy's Frozen Custard for a very special treat. This custard place, I mean, they do it so well. And the summer of 2021, Zach and I went at least once a week. I think there were a few times we went twice a week and then we were like, why have we gained so much weight? This is so weird. (laughs) But like we legitimately were going at least once a week. It's such good custard and ice cream and flavors. So we do not have it anymore. I mean, I think we have it like maybe three times a year and my family really wanted to go after dinner this weekend. So we went to this Andy's by them And it was just one of those situations where it's like something that you don't get to have as much anymore. So the times that you do, you want it to be perfect. And it was very far from perfect. You know, Andy's, it's a franchise. So like all of them are run a little bit differently and by different people and have different protocol, even though they shouldn't. And they were having a lot of issues. The ice cream was not coming out right at all. 
Everyone's was fucked up in some way, but Zach's was the absolute worst. He always gets this Andes custard that's called uh, Rico Suave. And what it is, is vanilla custard with Oreos, roasted pecans, and then a hot fudge core that goes like straight down the middle of the custard. So you get it with every bite. And first they forgot his. And then after we had to ask them twice about it, they finally handed it to Zach. (laughs) I'm so mad I didn't get a picture of this. Like, I literally can't fucking believe I didn't get a picture of this. Their hot fudge machine was not working properly, but the guy just like handed this to Zach. He didn't say anything about it. He didn't like point it out. Nothing. He gave no explanation. It was a perfect dog turd of hot fudge on top of the custard, not melted into the core like it's supposed to be, not smooth, silky, fudgy. It looked like they had literally taken the cup of ice cream and put it under Bowie's asshole, our bulldog's asshole, and waited for him to take the perfect shit and then handed it to Zach. (laughs) It was so foul looking and just like depressing and we asked them like what the fuck and this girl was like oh yeah we're having trouble like I can make it again but we're just like having trouble with the hot fudge and Zach was like fucking forget it I'll eat it and it was very sad watching him eat this like you know halfway formed hot fudge it was like you know he had to like chew it it was just so gross so that was a huge letdown and then Sunday it was Easter Sunday Zach and I celebrated by going to Home Depot and getting a ton of plants for the backyard and um, also loading up on our veggies and herbs for the garden because we have not yet and we're kind of a little late to the game so instead of planting seeds this year Zach said that we needed to cheat just a little bit and so we got our cilantro and our basil and tomatoes and shishito peppers and red bell peppers and his best friend is in town because he's actually in the process of selling off his loft that he owns in Dallas and so we invited him over and I decided to like try to make a cute little Sunday Easter feast for the three of us because why not so I ended up making this fucking incredible red sauce meat sauce from the New York Times and it's like their Sunday sauce and the Italian restaurant that I that Zach and I love so much here in Dallas I always get their Sunday gravy and gravy in in Italian cooking terms is a sauce like it's a red meat sauce and so that's basically what I was making on Sunday I got everything in the crock pot cooked it for six hours on high it was the most incredible fucking sauce you guys like it it involves <laughs> I was trying to say like pork and like, I don't know what else <laughs> it involves. I'm so excited. I can't even talk. It involves two pounds of pork shoulder butt and then a pound of hot Italian sausage and then like tomatoes and basil and garlic and onions and red wine and all of that. And you let it all simmer together for six hours. Oh my God. It was fucking insane. And then I also found this recipe for like a small batch 
carrot cake that literally only serves like four to six people. And it just was like a single layer layer carrot cake. And I made that with cream cheese frosting, all of it from scratch. And that was fucking phenomenal. I just like, I feel like I haven't had a moment like that in the kitchen lately where I just really hit it out of the fucking ballpark. And I was very proud of myself. The boys loved it. Zach and I had the leftovers um, Monday night for dinner. And wow, just wow. So that was my week-long birthday celebration, I guess. So now let's talk about what I've been reading, watching, and listening to. All right. So I'm just sitting here laughing at, remember when I tried to do book of the month and then like literally did it one month and pretty much was like, I don't think we're going to do that again. Guys, this is me. Okay. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. This is why I never, ever, ever participated in book clubs and why I was pretty bad at following along with whatever book we were supposed to be reading all throughout high school and college because I don't like being told what to read and when to have it read by, even though I'm the one who is trying to do fucking book of the month. Like, I'm the worst, okay? I know that I am, whatever. Like, at least I admit it. So with that said... Our book of the month for March was supposed to be Lessons in Chemistry, but I got very ahead of myself with content for the podcast that felt a lot more important than going over that book. Plus, my mom took longer than usual to read Lessons in Chemistry, and I was waiting on her to hand it over to me when she was done. Typically, my mom can read a book in like two days, and she was not into lessons in chemistry. So it took her like, you know, a week and a half to two weeks. And by the time she handed it to me, I was like, I'm not going to have enough time to, to read this thing in time for book of the month. So anyway, maybe we'll talk about it when I'm done. But I just wanted to say that I, I did start reading it with the hopes of having a book of the month podcast episode about it. And then I set it down for like three weeks. So I will say that it, for me, it took until probably like 100 to 120 pages for me to really actually get into it, which like, I guess I don't have as hard and fast of rules as my mom. And also if you listen to Getty's episode, Getty also has the same rules about giving a book like 50 to 75 pages before she decides to continue or not. But I I basically put the book down at about 120 pages, left it for a while, and then I picked it back up this weekend, I want to say. Did I? I think it was this past weekend. And I am on page 300. And that's just from two sittings. So now I'm like, you know, rolling through it pretty easily and I'm really enjoying it but it did take a hot fucking second for me to get into and I still am just kind of like I don't know what's gonna happen so um we will see as for what's coming next I can't decide if I want to do a palate cleanser with like a uh, autobiography my one of my best friends Annie gave me the Seth Rogan autobiography for my birthday and so I might do a palate cleanser with that or I might read Remarkably Bright Creatures next but we will see and I will keep you posted and I'm not gonna say anything ever again about book of the month because 
I, clearly I can't trust myself. As for what we're watching, so this is super random, but neither Zach nor myself watched Suits when it was on television. I just, I mean, I knew of it. I don't think like anyone very close to me in my life watched it. I think now I know that maybe my parents did, but I don't know. I mean, what? It premiered in 2011. Like I was two years out of college. I was in my 20s trying to figure out life and job and all of that. And I wasn't watching I wasn't in the habit of, of like keeping up with shows. That was not a priority for me. So I guess Zach was um, at the dentist <laughs> um, the other week and he was talking with our dental hygienist who's a fucking baller. She's so cool and she listens to the podcast. So hey girl, if you're listening. They were talking about TV shows and Zach was, I guess, maybe telling her that we weren't really watching anything currently. Maybe he asked for suggestions and she said knowing both myself and him that she thinks we would really like suits and so Zach came home and I think probably that night he turned it on we started from season one episode one and we fucking love it like (laughs) it's really good it's super weird to see Meghan Markle as an actress but I don't really have feelings about Meghan Markle either way like I've never really been into the royal family. I I just, it's never been my thing. I haven't, I don't obsess over it. I just think it's crazy to see her uh, being an actress and she's really good. And I swear she gets like prettier and prettier every episode, Um, but it's great show. So if you were a Suits fan, know that I am coming for you. And um, I have a very, very good impression of Lewis. If anyone is interested in seeing that, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for what I'm listening to, obviously I've had Taylor Swift um, on loop uh, since her concert, but also because of her breakup. And, you know, I'm going down little mini rabbit holes every day, reading into her, her lyrics on the Midnight's album and creating stories in my head about her and Joe and why they broke up and all of that. It's very fun. It passes the time. It's a, uh, it's an innocent uh, habit to have. But I will say that just this morning, I worked out to her Reputation album, like pretty much cover to cover. And it is a fucking banger to work out to. I mean, Swifties listening to this probably already know that. And they're like, yeah, welcome. Like you're late. But Wow. I mean, it's just such a high energy album and all the beats are so good. I was like, damn, I've been missing out, not working out to reputation. So that's a little tidbit for you. And then as for podcasts, I've actually tuned into several new ones lately. So this isn't new, but Benito Skinner and Mary Beth Barone, they had a podcast last year that was a Spotify exclusive podcast called Obsessed and it was amazing and we were obsessed with it and then they just stopped 
like they made a very out of the blue announcement that they weren't going to be doing it anymore and and that they were going to like reconfigure the whole podcast and come back even better with something different. And they finally did a year later. Their new podcast is called Ride. And it's the exact same format. They're basically just talking about things they're obsessed with, but instead they're calling it uh, things that they ride for, ride or die. And it's incredible. So good. And it's available on Apple and Spotify and anywhere that you get podcasts. It's just such an amazing, um, they're short episodes and it's such a good palate cleanser. I've said that a couple times today, but it really is. I mean, I just feel like so many podcasts can be very heavy or pretty repetitive and you know, they just don't take themselves too seriously and they're pretty much like laughing at each other the whole time and but they also make like some really insightful um insights. <laughs> like last episode Benny was talking about intrusive thoughts and I felt very seen. So, I would definitely check it out and then kind of in that same vein, another queer hosted podcast I'm obsessed with is called Finally and it's hosted by comedians Joe Castle Baker and Grace Coolenschmidt and they are both gay and they are it seems to be like they're best friends and they are f- fucking hilarious. I mean, it's like, like I said, it's kind of the same idea as Benny and Mary Beth, except I feel that Grace and Joe's humor is more absurdist and more off the wall. Whereas, you know, Mary Beth is obviously very dry in her delivery, but it's just so good. It's so good. And it's so nonsensical. And you're not going to walk away with any big revelations. It's just listening to two very funny friends talk. And if you're into that, if you're into comedy, I can't recommend it enough. I just find it to be so just so enjoyable. And then two other podcasts that I've, I'm giving a listen to recently, one of them is a podcast by this nutritionist called, not called, named Leanna Ward. And she is Australian. And I don't even really know how I found her or found out about her. I just started listening to her literally yesterday. And... What I like about her is, first of all, that she's Australian. So when she's talking, she's so intense and everything sounds, you know, it ends like in a question. But she's like giving you such good information about your diet and, you know, eating chips and, um, you know, moving and getting enough exercise. Like it's just, <laughs> it's very good. And she has a seven, seven or eight month old baby. Um, so like that's cool too that you know she works in pregnancy stuff and like prenatal and postpartum and all of that but she also has a very legitimate background like she's not just someone who's interested in all of that stuff she's actually very learned in it and has degrees and she worked at a hospital for a really long time and she's a registered nutritionist and dietitian and all of that. So um, <clears throat> I don't know much about her. I haven't done like a deep dive. I mean, for all I know, she could have some scandal and be a horrible fucking person. But what I can tell you is that I've really enjoyed the episodes I've listened to so far. The first one that I listened to, it was like her 
10 reasons for why you're not losing weight. And I just really appreciate her because she talks like a normal person. And honest to God, everything that she says is exactly what my trainer Meg has said to me and what Meg said on my episode with her about there being no shortcuts. And it also ties in with my episode about staying consistent. I mean, the first thing that Leanna says is probably the number one reason that you're not losing weight or getting to your goals or seeing what you want to see is your consistency. So it just really resonated with me. I like her no gimmicks approach. And if you're interested in podcasts like that, I would recommend checking it out. And then the last one that I actually have not finished, I just got a few minutes into, but I already know that I'm going to love is Julia Louis-Dreyfus's new podcast called Wiser Than Me, where she is sitting down with a woman who is older and wiser than her every episode and picking their brain and having conversations. Her first episode is with Jane Fonda. And like I said, I barely made a dent in it, but even just like Julia's intro she said fuck and fucking and she just cussed a lot and I was like fuck yes this is why she's my idol I mean holy shit oh my god her and Mindy Kaling absolute top two idols of my entire lifetime no one will ever top them um so yeah I'm excited to keep listening and see where her episodes take us okay now before we get into uh all about friendship as an adult and everything that goes with that. Let's take a quick ad break to listen to the one sponsor that I have, Spotify for Podcasters. Oh, hello and welcome back to That's What He Said. So I've done something kind of fun for this last part of today's episode, the most important part, if you will. I have moved myself outside. I am currently sitting in our backyard because the weather in Dallas is so beautiful. And it's like our spring days here are very, very limited. True spring weather with temperatures in the low 70s. You're not sweating bullets. You're not cold. I'm sitting out here right now wearing my overalls with a tank top underneath and my clog Birkenstocks. I think those are called the Boston Birkenstocks. And I just thought it'd be nice to end my day because it's about 5.30 right now, sitting out here talking to you guys instead of sitting at my desk looking out onto the street like I usually do. So I wanted to talk about friendship and specifically female friendship, but I think my thoughts probably, you know, aren't gender exclusionary. I think whoever you are, whatever you identify as, you can relate to all of these thoughts. And I mentioned this at the top of the episode, but I basically said that a lot of the time when I kind of opened the floor on my Instagram for questions, like during my Ask Me Anythings or any time that I've even had people write in to the podcast for advice, a lot of it comes back to friendships. And this makes a lot of sense because we don't get by in this life on our own. And you may have like, you know, a really awesome family and you may have a really awesome romantic partner, but friendships do so much of 
the heavy lifting, the heavy lifting that, you know, sometimes your family either can't do or you're not comfortable letting them do. And sometimes you may not be there yet with a romantic partner and you've had friendships for way longer than you've been with this person. And so you're not ready to take it there with them quite yet. So I totally get it. And just to speak to my personal experience with friendship, I mean, I've been a very, very social person since pretty much the day I was born. I'm a self-described social butterfly, and that's definitely how I acted during high school, like from basically freshman until senior year. I would say that I just experimented with new friend groups and that's the time to do it when you're going to do it right so you know when you're younger obviously like you hardly even know yourself and so most friendships are very fleeting and they're also friendships of convenience you know like depending on where you go to school who you're going to school with um, probably like who your parents like and don't like like they have a lot more say over that stuff when you're super young But once you get into high school and you're, you know, you've hit puberty and things are happening and you're experiencing the world a little more and definitely experiencing your emotions a little more and know yourself a little bit better, that is the time when you kind of figure out who your people might be. And you may never figure that out in high school. And if you don't, you're probably similar to me where I, you know, I didn't discriminate. I was in theater, but I also was on the dance team, which at our junior high school, the dance team was a big deal. Like it wasn't a lame thing to do. We were called the Stallionettes and we had a pretty good rap. I mean, I feel like there were a lot of hot popular girls <laughs> on the team um, as well as not so hot and popular girls like myself so it was a good mishmash and by doing that I got to kind of experience what it would be like to make the quote-unquote popular girls lifelong friends which I didn't end up making any of them my lifelong friends and you know, but I also had like the theater thing going on. So I was like, all with all the theater nerds and the drama kings and queens. And then I got to college. And I mean, it's the same thing. It's like one big social experiment. You're just like throwing 18 year olds into this environment where there are really no hard and fast rules. You're living outside of your parents' home for probably the first time. And very easily getting your hands on alcohol and drugs and sex. And so there's a lot of social experimentation going on during that phase as well. Um, And throughout all of this, you may have one or two lifelong besties that have been with you every step of the way and are going through all the motions with you. And I'm very lucky that I had two of those in my life. Um, Kelly, and who you've heard on the podcast before, and then my friend Kate, who has not been on the podcast, but I have known both of them for about the same amount of time. Like I met both of them. I think I met Kelly a little bit before. I think I was like 10. I met Kate when I was 11. And they've both been in my life since then in different ways. And then like, 
obviously as I progressed through college and outside of college, I added a few more people into the mix. But, you know, I've gone through so many phases with friends. And my overall thought about all of this that I want to put out there right now is that to me, friendship is really not that different than romantic relationships. Like when you take a step back and really consider what it means to meet a potential friend, end up becoming their friend, and then turn that into a lifelong friendship, it's as rare and as special and kind of um, can be kind of daunting like it is to find the quote-unquote one or your soulmate as a romantic partner and I think the more that we can accept that the two are not so different I think it's probably a lot easier to you know just take the friends that come and go in your life throughout your life with a grain of salt because you know I'm going to continue to compare it to romantic relationships, but it's like most people suck. That is a reality that it'll hit you at some point and no one can control when that's really going to hit you square in the face, but it will. It's inevitable that you will soon come to realize that that is a fact of life that most people suck. And You have to keep that top of mind, not only when you're dating, but also when you're trying to make friends. Because at the end of the day, there are very few quality people in life that you would even want to claim as a lifelong romantic partner or as a lifelong friend. And when those people do come into your life, it's such a rare occurrence that I think with anything else, it ends up being more of a gut feeling than you are expecting. The child that you are compared to the preteen that you are, compared to the teenager that you are, compared to the young adult that you are, compared to the adult that you are, are it's so different. All of those stages are so fucking different and they're all very formative in their own ways. And so it makes sense that throughout your life, you're going to meet so many different people that you claim as friends and end up not becoming super good lifelong friends with them. Like you only have so much capacity to really truly have those types of relationships with just a few people like no one is built to have you know I was gonna say like even 20 friends but really I actually do believe that like I really think that no one is really made to have more than probably five to seven really close friends who know everything about you you know everything about them as long as they're being honest And they are people that you keep up with constantly. And then from those, depending on the intensity of the friendship or the relationship, you might only have a couple out of those five to seven that you claim as your best fucking friends. I think having any more close friends over 
the number seven, I just wouldn't trust it. Like that's just not, that's not how humans are wired. Like we don't have that much to give. And the other part of that is that you don't have, the more friends that you have, the less likely it is that all of those relationships are the same. And that's okay. Like obviously, you know, different people provide different kind of relationships relationships for you throughout your life. But I think it's good to know up front and it definitely gets easier to understand as you get older that not every friendship is going to be on the same level and that they very much can provide different things to you. Okay, I already feel like I'm rambling. So let's, let's go back for a second. So like I was saying, <laughs> I have always been a social butterfly and I've always wanted to make new friends and more friends and give everyone the benefit of the doubt and, you know, basically just uh, constantly on a mission to find my people and those who get it. And I'm also very much that type of girl where I used to, not anymore, like at 36, I don't really do this anymore, but I used to get really overly excited about a new friendship. And I think we've all been there. It's just like that moment when you meet uh, a potential friend and you feel like something clicks and you're like, holy shit, wait, like, I love you. Is this, is this going to be a thing? Like, do you feel the same way about me? Like I said, like, literally you can compare all of this to relationships. It's, it's, they're just so fucking similar, but I would have those moments and get really, really excited. And there was a period of time, probably, I mean, I would say from like the time I graduated college up until, God, I mean, I guess, honestly, up until I quit my, my corporate job. So like, I was single for 10 years. And I was dating around with friends as well for 10 years. And like, I don't have any regrets about that. I mean, I think that is the smartest thing that you can do when you are a fresh adult in the world, trying to figure out your career and your love life and your social life and all of that. Like you if you're doing it right and, and, you know, opening yourself up to new experiences and new people, you're going to meet all different kinds of potential friends. And you have to kind of test run things <laughs> to see what's going to stick and what isn't. Now, I feel very, very fortunate that I already had Kelly and Kate. And in college, I met Getty. And then outside of college, I met Amy Jackson from Fashion Jackson through Whitney and uh, Whitney I met first and I met her through boys that we were dating at the same time who happened to be friends and through meeting Whitney I eventually met Annie and then Getty moved here and so the five of us and we call ourselves Whataburger which I have explained this many times before so people who've been around for a while are going to be you can just like, you know, do something else for the next 30 seconds. But the reason that my group of uh, girlfriends call themselves Whataburger, call ourselves Whataburger, is because we had just started a group chat. And I don't even know how long 
our Whataburger group chat has been going on. It's been years now, but we had just started it and we were trying to think of a name to name it because I guess at this time, Apple had just introduced that you could give your group text message an actual name. And Whitney accidentally, she meant to respond to a text in the group text and say, what? In all capital letters with an exclamation point, but her phone auto-corrected it to Whataburger. (laughs) And I think this is like when we were in the midst of trying to decide on a group chat name. And so we were like, oh, okay, done. Like we're gonna call ourselves Whataburger. It makes no sense. None of us have an affiliation with Whataburger. None of us like live and die by Whataburger. I don't personally even like Whataburger that much. I think it's very overhyped, but that became our name and it has, It's just stuck. Like, it's so weird. Um, So we started, you know, hanging out with each other in our mid to late 20s, I guess. Um, And we really, like it got, it was becoming like more and more like it was really just the five of us most of the time. And I would say that honestly, COVID and the pandemic made it even more so like it just really solidified that Whataburger is our group of girls everyone's on the same page everyone's on the same wavelength you know COVID helped you have realizations like that like COVID was the age of epiphanies in terms of what mattered to you and who mattered to you and that time period just made it very very clear for the five of us that like we are basically sisters. We tell each other almost everything. I mean, I know I certainly tell everyone everything and that's my shtick in the group is like, obviously, of course I do. And you know, some things no one ever needs to know, but they're going to know. And we all offer something different to our, our little small group and it's just magical and it just works, but it took you know, that 10 years from 22 until 32 of kind of all of us doing our own thing to really come together as a unit. I mean, even though like we all met each other, you know, pretty like soon into that decade, we all had our own shit going on at the same time. Like, you know, no one had had kids yet. Everyone, you know, had a boyfriend except for me that had their own friends and um, a lot of times people were off doing their own thing with different groups of people and not all of us hung out all the time like it actually was pretty rare when we would get just the five of us together and the big joke that we like to talk about is that I was always bringing someone new around. Like I was always trying to bring a new friend into the Whataburger fold and like ingratiate them. And um, it never worked out. It never worked out. I always thought I was going to. I always had such hope that I was going to. And it's not my friends, okay? Like I'm sure people have things to say about the five of us. I can tell you that anytime that we go out to a restaurant, the waiter typically ends up hating our fucking guts. And it's not because we're awful. We're not Karens. We're not snotty little stupid bitches. It's because we're loud and we laugh really hard and we can be obnoxious. And and we know this. We know this about ourselves, but that's 
what we like to do. So anyway, I would always be the one who was trying to bring someone else into the fold and it never took, it never stuck. And it was almost as like I was trying to bring new friends around almost as often as I was trying to bring new guys around. So that was me. That was what I was doing for 10 years until finally I stopped trying to bring new people around and realized that a Whataburger just is what it is. God, I really feel like I'm making no sense. I, I, I mean, you can obviously tell you guys that I didn't have an outline for this discussion whatsoever. I mean, I'm just sitting here in my backyard just like talking. So that's kind of like my history with Whataburger. If you ever hear me refer to them as Whataburger or anything like that, now you know. But I want to talk more about more specifically about the kinds of questions that I get about friendship when it comes to you guys engaging with me and a lot of the time like one theme that comes up a lot is you know kind of the evolution of friendship and when you know maybe it's time to not be friends anymore and kind of how to go about that and everything. And I just, to that, I just say that kind of what I've been saying is like, just because you've been friends with someone for a really long time doesn't mean that you need to continue being friends with them if people have evolved and changed for the worse, or maybe not even for the worse, but just like in a way where you don't, relate to each other anymore I mean that is life life ebbs and flows and you go through so many different evolutions and if you know a friendship that you've had for a really long time naturally fizzles out as part of that evolution it's okay like that that happens it's natural I mean there are so many people who come into your life just for a small season or maybe it is a really long season and then you know you just come to this new chapter and it's not working as well as it used to it's the same fucking thing with dating like I dated so many guys until I found Zach and I'm so fucking thankful I didn't end up with any of them or settle for any of them but like at the time it would like tear me up and I would think they were the end all be all or I don't know how the fuck I'm going to meet someone else. And I think that's just such an important thing to keep in mind when it comes to your friends too. I mean, like it, people have a funny way of showing themselves and you, you know, I mean, for the most part, you want to believe that your friends are completely who they're going to be right off the bat when you start forming this relationship with them. But like shit comes up. And like, it may change the dynamic of the friendship. And that's okay. It really, really is. Um, I think that probably unless it's like a very, 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 very close friend, you probably don't need to make a moment out of calling the friendship. You know, I've had friendships that have just kind of fizzled away and that tells me that they were clearly feeling the same way. I've also had a lot of situations where, you know, I knew that like this person was not the kind of friend for me. And 
I know that I've hurt a lot of feelings doing that. Like that's actually something that I think about quite a bit because I've had like one or two people in my life come back years later and basically say like, you really hurt me. I could just tell you didn't want to be my friend. And like, that was really hard. And like, you know, yeah, it is. It's, it's the same kind of hard shit when you are head over heels for a guy and he is not into you. I mean, it's the same thing. Like it's just so much trial and error. And I think the older you get, you know, it's more painful obviously to let go of lifelong friendships that you maybe are realizing don't serve you anymore. But if they don't serve you anymore, then like there's no there's no reason to hold on to them. Like if you realize that this person is toxic, if you feel like you're walking on eggshells around your friend, no, I've had friends like that. I'm not friends with them anymore. Like that is not, that's not a friendship. That is not a friendship. Um, Or, you know, just people who always bring the mood down or don't support you or, you know, just say shitty backhanded stuff all the time. I mean, you know, sometimes like that could have something to do with you and maybe like you need to work on taking things not so personally, but a lot of the time people are just fucking dicks. So it's very hard to make and keep new friends the older you get. It just is and it sucks but that's just the way of life. I mean, when you're younger and you're in high school and you're in that experimental phase, it's like anything goes and your heart is open and your mind is open and you're just very open to all the different possibilities. But like the older you get, the less time you have. This is something that one of my best friends, Annie, was just saying to me. It's like, especially after you have kids and stuff, you, you really do have such limited free time. So it's like you kind of start to get, you just don't have the capacity as much for acquaintances or for friendships that feel very one-sided. You know, if you have sent like eight text messages to someone and you have not gotten a response to any of those messages, like you're done, move on. Like this person clearly is not making time for you. You might've at one point had like a really strong, awesome friendship with them. And for whatever reason, they decided that they don't want to do it anymore. Um, And instead of trying to prove to them why you're worthy of being their friend and worthy of them caring and spending time with you, just fucking walk away. Like life is too short for that shit. And again, I will remind you, The thing that I always go back to is that people suck. Literally, the general person sucks ass. It is so fucking hard to find quality people, whether you're looking to hire someone for a job or make a friend or make a, a partnership with romantically. I mean, my God, people are so flawed and, you know, they have a lot of shit that you have to be willing to to deal with and I think that's really like what sets true strong friendships apart from fleeting ones or surface level ones you know like that's why a lot of the time I like to refer to myself in this podcast especially as like 
you know, I'm your bestie at work. Like I'm your work bestie who you cannot get through the day without, but like you don't hang out with on the weekends. That is who I am. And there is space for those people in your life. A hundred percent. You know, I, when I was working at reward style, the first six months were pretty awesome. And you know, I made fast friends with everyone that I possibly could. But at the end of the day, when I left the company, I left with two really, really good friends, both of which were at my wedding, because, you know, I realized that like, a lot of the time, friendships like that are very, it's very based on your environment. And once you get out of college, really, the only thing that you have to rely on in terms of maybe meeting new people and making friends is work or if you're like a really cool girl and get into some sort of extracurricular activity like Getty and Annie were on a kickball league um, when we were in our 20s with their uh, future husbands and you know that was like a super social cool thing they did I did not do that um, mostly because I have terrible team sports anxiety I cannot perform under pressure like that and also because my ex-boyfriend from college was on that team and he there was like a span of time there where he like kept living in Dallas after we broke up and just like ruined my fucking social life because you know I couldn't hang out with Annie and Getty because he was always around and I didn't want to fucking be around him because I would fall back into it which I did like one or two times finally broke that curse and he moved away but where was I going I don't even know what I was saying I was talking about your work friendships and how those have you know they have a reason for being for sure and sometimes out of those you do end up getting lifelong friends which is fucking beautiful oh my god it just sounded so high (laughs) which is fucking beautiful like nothing is more beautiful than that you guys like friendship and love I do want to tell you this anecdote though because I feel like it plays very well with this episode and this is this is an example of how you absolutely can be best friends with someone and have a falling out and rekindle when you're both in a better place I'm not saying that that works every time I think that most of the time if you're having a fallout with a friend or you know what I'm gonna say a romantic partner because it's all the same there's a reason for that and a reason that you shouldn't be together as friends or as lovers but there are exceptions and my biggest exception and the best thing that happened for me with this friend we were best friends like literally fucking sisters like tied at the hip connected at the hip what is the what is the saying hinged at the hip I don't know um absolute fucking sisters and we both went off to college and we went to different colleges but obviously we still remain best friends I mean you know, it was probably like a little touch and go with communication because um, although both of us are incredible texters and really good at keeping up like that, we also in college in totally different states and meeting all these new people. So we had like our own thing going on. And after college, we made, we broke the cardinal rule. We, we, (laughs) I'm really bad with my words. (laughs) We, we did a bad thing. And we moved in together and they always say, don't live with your best friend. And we were like, whatever, it'll be fine. And we moved in together 
in what ended up being the most volatile year for both of us for different reasons. Like we were 22 year old girls, both very new to the transition into adulthood, into the quote unquote real world, pretty much didn't really know what we were doing, trying to find our way. I was like, not sure if I wanted to be with my college boyfriend or not. He ended up moving here, which was in hindsight. Well, no, not in hindsight. At the time, I realized, well, this is a bad idea. He definitely should not have moved here because I don't want to marry this guy. And now he's fucking here. And he's like infiltrated my life in Dallas. And I can't make him leave. Um, And so that was like a whole thing that was going on. It just was a bad year. And my best friend and I ended up hating each other. Um, Like horrible. We We were getting in horrible fights all the time. You know, like she had her reasons. I had mine. It was very dramatic. It was very emotional. So intense. So heated. I mean, it was bad. Both of us were fucking miserable. And we luckily agreed that we weren't going to try and do this for a second year. And so once our lease was up, we moved out. And she's the kind of friend that she can forgive and forget. Like, well, (laughs) she's listening to this, but she can. I mean, she will hold grudges if there's a grudge to hold. But with this situation, she was like, you know what? We just need to move out. We shouldn't live together. At least we learned that. We're fine now. Let's continue on. But I was a lot more damaged from it. And I was like, no, no, I need a break. I need a break. And it was really awkward. And it was really shitty and sad and weird and petty. And oh, my God, it was just, God, it just sucked. It fucking sucked. It was really shitty, shitty situation. So when I did that, she was like, oh, okay, well, we are literally not friends. I'm never speaking to you again. I'm cutting you out of my life. You never existed. Like, I'm not going to play these games. Like, what the fuck is a break? Well, like, we're not friends. And we went about our lives. And in that time frame, she ended up meeting her future husband, getting engaged, getting married. I was not at the wedding, obviously. We weren't friends. We were not on speaking terms. Um, but our mutual best friend, Kelly was at the wedding and so that was like a whole other thing that was really hard to navigate and like poor fucking Kelly she had to play mediator um that whole time and hear both of us talk shit about the other one and oh my god Kelly I'm sorry if you're listening um and then Kelly eventually a few years after all this happened Kelly got engaged and she asked both of us to be bridesmaids and (laughs) we both said yes obviously And it was so, like, so, so much time had passed, but, like, no time had passed at all. And we very quickly decided that we had to bury the hatchet because we weren't going to make this basically like a bridesmaids situation for our best friend. And we did. Like, we, I don't remember exactly, like, how it went. It might have been a phone call. It might have been a series of text messages. Or, honestly, it might have been... Like we were cordial because we were working to plan her bachelorette party. And then we went on the bachelorette party and we had a conversation right then and there about everything that had 
gone down over the last few years and our feelings about it and how are you feeling then and everything. And, and then we started right back up. We literally started up like nothing had ever happened. And we have been solid gold ever since. And that was a decade ago. So there was like a two year period where we did not speak and we didn't exist to each other. And then we found our way back to each other. And obviously it was, you know, very easy because we shared a mutual best friend. But I, to me, that just proves that we were always meant to be in each other's lives and be best friends. And we just had this really shitty glitch and now we can laugh about it. I mean, literally she gave a speech at my rehearsal dinner. Uh, she was a bridesmaid at my wedding, by the way, um, making up for severely lost time there. Um, and she gave a speech at my rehearsal dinner and, you know, <laughs> talked about that, that time in our lives and now we can laugh about it. And it's, it's amazing. And that is such a special fucking friendship to me. And, you know, in hindsight, like I started to say before, there are things that I would take back. So maybe our year to living together wasn't so volatile. But at the same time, if I had changed anything, then she may not have met her future husband, or she may not at least have met him when she did and things worked out for her the way they did. And I may not have met Whitney and Annie. And there's just like all of these things, all of these circumstantial things that you know, had to happen to make it what it was. So I guess that's just me sharing an example of how lifelong friendships can ebb and flow. And there definitely is possibility to rekindle things if you have a falling out, but like only if the falling out is, you know, obviously if the falling out is over like a huge lie that was told or infidelity or just something horrific, don't look back. A lot of people also ask me how to make new friends as an adult. And I do not have an answer for that. You guys, I, I don't like, I'm not some friend making guru that can shepherd you in the right direction with this. I just, like I was talking about a while ago, I just think the older you get, the harder it becomes because not only do you have way more distractions going on in your life, especially if you do have a partner, if you are, you know, trying to have kids or you already have kids, so many things change about your life and your schedule and the free time that you do have. But I also think it just becomes like rarer and rarer to more and more rare rarer is rarer a word um it becomes more and more rare to meet people who just get it and once you're like in your 30s and stuff you know you know when you meet a potential new friend you know if you're gonna click with that person or not I mean fuck if you if five people showed up on my doorstep right now I would easily just by saying hi and talking to them for two minutes I would be able to tell you who I would actually get along with and who I wouldn't. But I th still think it's very important to try and keep yourself open to possibilities because all of us literally live behind our phones and behind screens. And, uh, you know, COVID and the pandemic did us no favors in, in 
the terms of getting out and about. I also think it gets harder the older you get because building trust takes a really fucking long time. Like it just takes a really long time. And I think that making friends when you're older is so circumstantial. It's like, you know, Annie and Kelly right now are trying to make mom friends via their children and they're the kids that their children go to school with and both of them are like this shit's fucking hard like I don't like these women (laughs) they each have like one woman that they uh like enough to maybe like do some play dates with but that's like a whole other thing that I'm sure I'll have thoughts on when my time comes I mean honestly talking about all this makes me want to get like three more microphones and do a fucking round table with my friends about this topic because I just know that they could bring so much to the table and say things that like we all think and feel I just think really the bottom line is like to treat friendships the way that you treat romantic relationships you know whether or not it's working you know if the effort that's coming from both sides is equal or completely off balance you know when someone is genuinely interested in you and makes you a priority and wants to hear about your day and hear your thoughts and opinions about things you know when something clicks And when it doesn't, and all of our time is just so limited that really and truly, if you even have one or two close friends that you can claim as yours, and they are people that you rely on, that you tell everything to, that you know will be there in an instant, you are so fucking lucky because a lot of people don't even have that. And It really fucking sucks and it can be really lonely and scary and isolating and put you in a weird spot, but just always stay very in check with yourself about how that person makes you feel. And that goes with everything and everyone. I mean, again, I just want to say that obviously with people who have social anxiety or general anxiety, That might be a little harder because you could be making up stories in your head about this person, but at the same time, I have a feeling that your gut instinct is probably pretty fucking strong. So if you can sniff out if someone is good news or bad news, just go with your gut on that and don't beat yourself up if maybe you and your friends aren't on the same page right now. I mean, it happens. Like another example for me is Kelly was the first of Whataburger. Kate was my first friend to have children, but Kate doesn't live here. Kelly lives here and was the first one to have a kid within the Whataburger group. And it was a very big shift for me and Kelly's friendship and not in a bad way at all I mean she's still one of my fucking ride or dies oracle therapist chiropractor makeup artist hairstylist what have you but it was just a very weird new reality to get used to for me like 
her whole world became her daughter and learning how to be a, a new mom to this newborn. And it was something that I had never experienced firsthand because while Kate had kids first, she was not, she doesn't live in Texas. And so I didn't get to be hands on with these tiny babies. And so that was really kind of my first experience being around a newborn. And that when that happened, it also kind of made the fact that, oh, fuck, like we are in our 30s now. Like, this is what's happening. Like Kelly just had her kid. Kate is at her kids. Who's next? This is going to be a domino effect. Like we are at that phase of life. That was fucking bizarre. But it was just like another natural evolution that you go through as you get older. Um, But it was really, it was just really, it was weird to deal with. And like, granted, Kelly, Kelly's never been my um, super social go out, get wasted friend. That is not Kelly at all. Like, that's just not her thing. Whitney was that for me. And like Getty and Annie too, for sure. Like more so the the four of us. (laughs) Um, But still, even though it's like, I wasn't relying on her for that. I wasn't like, oh shit, well, there go my weekends. Like I have nothing to do. That wasn't the case at all. It was just like, I don't know, this intangible thing shifted where, you know, it's like everything changed, but nothing changed because she had a kid. But and so, you know, although I could not relate to her in any way and like I still can't really because I'm not a mom yet. But, you know, I'm the more kids that my friends have had, the more normal this has become and like especially with my niece and nephew it's like I get it way more now than I did when Kelly first had her daughter which was almost five years ago and so I can empathize a lot better now and definitely sympathize a lot better but you know at first I was definitely in my head like what the fuck like now she's a mom like god this sucks this is it's this is boring now or you know whatever I don't know what kind of thoughts I was having I'm insane but anyway just because your friends may be in a certain phase of life that you aren't doesn't mean that you have to let go of the friendship I mean I get I get what it feels like to perhaps be you know the single friend who doesn't have a partner doesn't have kids isn't married and all of your friends are married and either have kids or are about to have kids like that. Hello. Hi. That it has been my reality. And I get how that can feel really isolating and just kind of like, you know, that they're still your best friends, but you also are like, wow, everything that I do now seems so trivial. And I don't really have anyone to like bounce this childless partnerless life off of. And God, this is so fucking weird. But it's okay. It's okay. Lifelong friendships ebb and they flow. And really when it all comes down to it, just like the person you're supposed to end up with, with friends, it's like if they're supposed to be in your life, they're going to remain in your life. Come hell or high water, come kids or not, come marriage or not, come divorce or not, come job changes or not, you will find a way and you will always 
you'll always be friends if you're meant to be friends. Again, I really have no idea if any of this made any sense. I feel like I've just been totally... I don't think I should have come outside to record this because I've been way too comfortable and happy sitting out here. And so I haven't really been able to focus. And I'm sitting out here and my husband, Zach, just got home from work. It's 6.20 p.m. So I've been out here for almost an hour talking. And I guess I should wrap up. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I'm going to plug my newsletter, which I send a free letter out every Friday that is somewhat an extension of this podcast, but also includes lots of links to what I'm shopping or have my eye on. And I also usually include a short essay about whatever's top of mind that week. I also have a paid subscription that is $5 a month or $40 for the whole year. And I'm playing around with my paid membership content. I've had some big hitters. I've had some total flops. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. I'm seeing what sticks. And I think it's worth the $5 every month to come along for the journey and get exclusive content. I'm not sharing anywhere else. And obviously, as we continue with trying to make life, there's going to probably be more updates on the paid side of things because that's not necessarily shit that I want to scream out to, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Um, And yeah. I just appreciate you listening. Sorry for rambling. I hope this made any sense and you have any takeaways. And if not, I'll try again next week. And I hope to talk at you then. Bye for now. Bye.